That reminds me of a story that a friend told me about uh, this like gross apartment that they used to go to that there was a, a, like a shit corner Ooh, in the apartment what? that there was like a the black. Fuck do you mean there was a shit corner? There was literally a corner of the apartment that like the carpet was black from how like people pissing on it and shitting on it. And, like, throwing up. It was, like, the spot where, like, if you partied and you had to, like, fucking throw up, it's like, just go throw up on the fucking black spot. On the poop corner. In the corner. <laughs> Did they not have a toilet? I have no idea, man. No, I they, were just, they were just hella into composting. It's good. <laughs> oh, <God>. Don't even. <laughs> yeah, one of them had, like, uh, I don't know, a fucking, they were germaphobes and it was, like, immersion therapy. Oof. That's one way um, to get immersed. That's yeah, dude. yeah you're dude. really deep, deep cover right there, man. Fucking, that's that probably poop just turned is. into some fucking PTSD real dude, fucking yeah. quick. Some fucking uh, poop geez. trauma. Dude. Do you want to talk about the dark spot? What? episodes for me not to be super paranoid damn like how many for real like a handful probably like three at this point Shit. three or four we we've lost three i think one was with a guest oh uh, man uh, that's dude. what i have to say like what do you just uh, call a guest just like yeah so the entire dude, it wasn't thing just, we just did it was even worse because we we had recorded like we were talking about uh corn's self-titled record that was what the episode was on Hater. and it, we talked for like an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes, which is like way too long. But at the very end, our buddy realized that he didn't press record on his end. Yo. <laughs> so we just had a great conversation it's, about corn. That's that's all that I mean, was. I feel like <laughs> it's a classic podcast. Like you have to have at least a couple episodes where like one person just doesn't record anything, you know? Yeah. We lost the fucking Misfits episode mm. and another one where like my mic was was muted for the first like 30 minutes we had to redo the 30 the first 30 minutes of an episode and like <laughs> pretend that that all this was like fresh yeah, and i'm just like cool. rehashing i'm like trying to remember everything that we talked about <laughs> you start uh, saying so some unnatural. shit that's like dead opposite it's like no wait, 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 wait. this isn't yeah. what we rehearsed <laughs> <laughs> we started again <laughs> take two <laughs> yeah so have y'all well, been uh have y'all been playing shows in austin again yeah, for sure. Um, in fact, we've been a little bit more active as of late, which has been really nice. Um, this past year, so Nico and I also play in this band, Anders Drerup Band, um, and it's like a singer-songwriter sort of stuff, and uh, this past year was really busy for us, um, but this next year it's looking like we're actually we're uh, planning on recording some tracks and putting some shit out and actually doing the damn thing, so. Nice, man. Yeah. It's exciting, that man. Yeah, how's that been, like, playing shows? Is it weird, or is, is everyone just so fucking psyched to be out again? It seems to me like the grand majority of people are kind of just over, or just not, you know, kind of don't ask, don't tell, more or less. Like, mm-hmm. I guess I guess don't mask, don't tell. <laughs> sort of right, oh, yeah. God. You know. Oh, and I'm out. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. I went to, I think I went to three shows in the pandemic two were my own one uh i went to this butt show and they were like yeah everyone's gonna have to show their vaccine card come in with a mask and 
I went there. No one was checking. No one was masked. Yeah. It didn't matter. Yeah. It was like we all just kind of gave up as soon as we got there in person. Mm-hmm. If anything, <laughs> that just kind of wards away the people who are like, oh, oh, you got, I got to have my backs. Well, then. <laughs> like, that's yeah. just like an initial like, all right, well, and then people who show up are kind of like, all right, well, how, like, how chill is it? And then it's like, it's chill. Fucking come in. Drink. Yeah. Make I don't see out. the loss well. I don't see the lost well doing well if they yeah, like, need no. vaccine cards. Yeah, no one's gonna go <laughs> right. <there. laughs> if, yeah. it, if anything, they'll hand out like just straight the virus, like in a vial. Like they'll just give you the virus. <laughs> like, yeah, we made our own patented like Tex-Mex yeah. vaccine. Oh, here. you're gonna pull over here and watch this show? You better be sick, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I I don't know how we haven't gotten like Wendy's giving out like custom vaccines and stuff. <laughs> right, Legit. Yeah. Yeah, like Seriously. name a sauce after it, like yeah, Johnson yeah. And you get a bucket of chicken nuggets. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, goes good with their new fries, man. That's sick. A little COVID Szechuan sauce. Yeah. Yup. <laughs> yup. See, this is gonna be part yeah. of the fucking weed yeah. cafe. I Just knew keep you these were ideas rolling, dude. Yeah. Like write it dude, down. Write you. it down. I knew you were yeah. a marketer. Got it. <laughs> the wheels are always turning, man. They're always turning. <laughs> I had a, got ideas. I had a buddy in town last night who I literally hadn't seen in twenty. I haven't talked to him or seen him in twenty fucking years. And I met up with him last night here in San Diego because his band uh, was playing a show, and I didn't feel comfortable going to the show. But I was just like, I'll get some beers with you before. Like I'm, st- I'm like fully vaxxed and waxed, and I'm still like kind of not into going to shows mm-hmm. yet. I can, I just can't imagine like. The way, like, with my anxiety, my health anxiety, like, even playing a show, I think, would make me really uncomfortable. I mean, people are still definitely getting, like, up close and personal, you know? It's like, there's, it's, it's, I mean, a concert's being treated as a concert nowadays. Like, people are get, yeah. you know, getting yeah. close, being in groups, being, you know, it's not like the separate tables and anything like that. It just, I mean, at least out here in Texas, it really just kind of feels like people are kind of hoping that, like, it just goes away. Yeah, it just kind of hops out of the scene, you know? Just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done being COVID. Yeah. I'm done. Now, y'all are chill. Y'all can go to the show. (laughs) I mean, my thing, too, is, like, when I, because, you know, I'm, I'm a singer, and I fucking deep throat those mics when we play, and I just know that I would get sick immediately. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, granted, if you haven't gotten sick from deep-throating some fucking punk rock mics already, your immune system's probably immaculate. I was, dude, I was telling my girlfriend the other day about the smell of some of those mics. Oh, right as I'm drinking my coffee. Dude, I'm sorry. I just, I literally, I got nauseous one time playing a show in Austin because I was like, I can't, because I can't not sing and be fucking right up on this motherfucker. Like, I'm just in it. And the smell was just ungodly. And uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I'm one of the first people that got COVID in Austin because we played Mohawk and I was like, two days later, I was fucking dead. That smelly mic fucking got gotcha. you. Choking on mics, yep. dude. It'll get yeah, you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> fucking drooling while I'm... Like, it's not a good scene. <laughs> I think I actually saw a meme of like the house mic or whatever, and it's this microphone that has all these food chunks and shit like, <laughs> yeah, all fucking yeah. stuck in it. And like... Uh, I heard a story about a comedian um, that he would... Uh, stick the mic up his ass at some point like during a bit or something like that that was one of his bits uh, and the other comedian that was playing that was like doing the show with him oh. was just like um 
I'm not gonna like. Do you guys have separate mics? And he's like, Oh, that guy brings his own mic to every show. And I'm just like, Well, fucking yeah, you okay. do. Okay. Well, thank yeah, God. you. Yeah, you better. I thought that. Yeah. Story, I thought that story was gonna end. A yeah. Whole nope. Lot we have no <laughs> other microphones. Yeah, we don't own any other microphones. You the also other comedians have to actually be like two feet of it at all times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like that's what happened to the mic that I was remembering the other day. I'm yeah. like, I think that comedian played here last night. Yeah, low-key fucking a Jesus lizard played a secret set like right before y'all hit the stage and fucking you got some keister mic action. <laughs> keister mic. It's, it's That's right, a good man. band name. It's good for your skin, man. I swear. You need the microbiomes, bro. Yeah, dude. It's, it's all about atoms and shit, man. Fucking, you know? Probiotics, microbes. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, that's cool. Anyway. That, that's cool that music's coming back, though. That's exciting. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think I think people, especially in Austin, you know, it's like people people will go crazy without live music, you know, they'll riot over that. So it's kinda like, you know, everyone's just like, fuck it, if I get sick, I get sick, you know, I have to play, I have to listen, and, you know. A lot of us too, it's like how we make most of our money, so it's kinda just right. like right. risk it for the biscuit, son, like you gotta <laughs> do it. Fucking oh. coffee on the floor, rock and roll. Alright. Willie spill uh, nice. man. Give me a moment. We're, we're on a we're off to a great start. Give me two seconds. Oh, I'm fucking. <laughs> this dude. Damn, I was a hell of two. Dude, I, like, I'm R.I.P. Dude, moderate, I, I'm, I have to retire from coffee. After how like how much of a cup was that? Like, it was moderate, like a fucking. It's like a Starbucks fucking like at least a vein. T- I think it was like yeah, bro. It was, like, I was like that much. Oh, oh man. Uh, Moderate to severe gallons. Yeah. I quit. I'm I, done with this shit, man. Yeah, I think yeah. that's yeah. the point. You start. You stop like worrying about the spillage, and you start like being like, "Oh man, that was so much coffee that could have gone in my stomach." Yeah, yeah. you just start. Yeah, you start thinking about how sad you get, and then the, the, the yeah. coffee just slowly seeps into our technology while you cry about it. But now you have a great spot for any time you guys just want to, like, spill coffee. You're like, all right, just do it over there. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's 5 o'clock. You know what that means. Go <laughs> dump your shit out, son, on the floor it's right the, there. It's our ritual. Yeah. You got to add to the stain. <laughs> Pour one dude, out for the I, homies. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dark spot, what's up, buddies? Right. And welcome to another episode of Earbuds, the podcast where multiple friends talk about singular albums for many minutes. We are your hosts, Lucas. Uh, man, I had something for this earlier. Uh, all beef patties with special sauce, Indrakovs, and nice. Brett. Uh, Brett Michaels. <laughs> Hanrahan. <laughs> Brett the Hitman Hart Hanrahan. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, we are, you know, some people call us the odd couple, some people call us the pod couple. We don't, you know. We don't subscribe to either these days, but we do think that we're just the odd pod couple of pod oddcasts. And I think that just keeps it simple. I, I think it's a nice, easy to remember, real fits. I could see that on a mug easily. Yeah. yeah. You should um, just have like marketer, the pod odd, Kernan. oddly, God, the cup, the, the God, um, the couple odds. You got it, the, dude. See? See how easy that was? Yeah. Y'all should like, it's like the cat in the hat, but like a podcast, you know? It's like, yeah. It's the podcast like, in the hat cast. cast. Cast in the hat. We're the Dr. Seuss of podcasts, yeah, basically, is what you're saying. That's it's like the Russian title, nesting though. dolls. Yeah, the Russian nesting dolls of podcasts. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and who are these mysterious voices? Yeah, the, you're hearing some, some new voices on the pod. We have uh, some local Austin musicians 
old musician friends from when I was living in Austin. We got Willie and Nico from the band Mug Dog joining us today. What's up, guys? What's up, y'all? What's good, y'all? Dude, so psyched to have you guys on, man. Stoked to be here, man. Thanks for having us, dude. We're always down to talk some music. Hell yeah, dude. Let's break this shit down. What album did you guys uh, pick for us to listen to, man? Uh, We picked the second Royal Blood album. Uh, Is it... It's how did we how did we how did we get so dark? How did we get so dark? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, it's a little bit. Of You've a title. obviously heard of it before. Fucking, yeah, we picked this album. I don't know what the yeah. album. I is. haven't listened to it yet, but I heard it's chill. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like singer songwriter. Yeah, that's the vibe so I get from the album cover. Having having watched videos of y'all playing, it seems obvious to me uh, why y'all picked these guys as a kind of like distorted bass drum duo but why did you pick this album yeah i mean really just uh you know so that first royal blood album was something that um i remember personally when i first heard it it was about the time that i was also kind of thinking like man like fuck guitar players could i just run my bass up through an octave through a guitar rig or whatever and it was like well maybe that won't work and then my buddy showed me Royal Blood's first album. It was like, oh, fuck, it works. It does. It really fucking works. works. And, uh, yeah, man, these guys in Death by or Death From Above, like, they show you that it can fucking work, man. For yeah. sure. And I hadn't even heard of Death From Above until, like, you know, relatively recently. Um, but okay. particularly with that first album, it was so kick-ass. And then when the second album came out and, it, you know, the anticipation for it and, like, all this other stuff, and then... You can tell that they, like, stepped up their, like, studio songwriting game for the second album. Um, right, there's a lot more sure. layers. There's a lot more, like, composition. You know, it's still some pretty fucking kick-ass rock and roll for the grand majority of it. But, like, the, the start of their evolution kind of starts at the second album. As opposed to it with lots of bands where it's, like, three or four albums in. Then they start kind of, like, getting into these different sort of tangents. Like, yeah. Royal Blood just, like... First record, hard rock album. Second record, like, experimental rock album. And then their most mm-hmm. recent album is practically, like, a synth pop like album. dance synth pop album. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Typhoons. It's, like, it's, it's super sick. catchy, but it's, like, all four on the floor disco vibe and shit with all these different, like, electronic layers and stuff, too. So, like, you know. They kind of abandoned the title of rock band at that point. Mm-hmm. It's know. still like, you know, it hits in, in certain areas, but definitely not in the same ways that the previous did. Um, right. And this second album was really one that was just like, it still fucking kicks ass when it kicks ass. And then also some of the more intricate elements of their songwriting are on display as well. So really For solid. Sure. Album. Yeah. Yeah. This record had um, like, I have, I'm usually pretty um, resistant to like dancey bluesy stuff and but this record has just enough fucking balls and grit to it that the dancing and bluesy parts like didn't bother me at all and that they even uh were a nice like respite or respite or whatever that word is like they were a nice break from the grit like mm-hmm. having the 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 dancy bluesy stuff and it was like so much white stripes and black keys and queens of the stone age like all over this record for sure that uh you know definitely loved those parts as well yeah, it, you can definitely hear the, the. I always hear, especially the Queens of the Stone Age. Like it's just, it's that album especially. It's just all over the place, and it's it's so sick. Yeah, dude, like on uh, "Look Like You Know" that fucking bass part. That's just like dude, dude, dude. Right. I'm like, dude, that's so like no one knows Queens of the Stone Age. Like that, the tone <laughs> of it, you know. Totally. 
Well, and yeah, and, I mean, uh, like, that song is just, like, so much, like, different from a lot of the album, too. Like, that's what I really like about that album, is it goes, like, all, it's, like, kind of, it's all under the same general theme, but it's, it's, like, peaks and valleys, man. Like, that song's pretty straight, just, like, kind of spacey groove, and then you'll have, like, uh, where are you now which is like just chugging and then it just gets into this gnarly yeah. riff and like it's that album's just I think it's perfect man I've been I have not stopped listening to it since it came out like what four or five years ago five years ago 2017 that's crazy what it fucked up by the way yeah how, was, like old these albums are <laughs> yeah legit right. it's like yeah this came out last year right a decade ago okay right on that's nice Dude, I was talking yeah. about that shit with my buddy last night. He showed me at the drive-in when we were in fifth grade. And uh, oh, he, he played me one arm Scissor when we were in fifth grade. And I was just like, dude, that was 30, almost 30 years ago. Holy no, shit. almost like 25 years ago or something. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, at the drive-in was a thing fucking 20, 25 years ago? Mm-hmm. It's going to be counted as oldies here in like just a fucking turn yeah, of a fucking right. decade. Well, I, I heard Brainstew. Yeah, I heard Brainstew on a classic rock station the other day. I was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> I'm not this old. I was I'm not this old. Personally <laughs> offended by that. <laughs> Dude, the one I know for a fact, the one that's gonna kill me because this album, for some reason, still feels like it came out yesterday for me. But "All Hope Is Gone" by Slipknot still feels like it came out like last week, and that was like 14, 15 years ago. Like. I don't know, some albums just, like, you remember them when they were brand new, like, and they stick with oh, you, yeah. and that just never goes away, you know? Yeah. I I remember I when this first album came out, the first Royal Blood album came out, I was in college, and it was like, you know, it was like this band you never heard, and they got this fresh take on the bass drum duo thing, and... It's like, whoa, this is crazy. And whenever I look back, 2014, like, <laughs> nice. nearly 10 years ago, like... Fuck, man. Yeah. Dude, it was weird for me to say that I hadn't seen my friend in, or talked to him in 20 years. It was it, it made me feel old just to be able to say that. I haven't seen this guy in 20 right. fucking years. Right. You know, yeah. like that shit I heard my dad say when I was growing up. I haven't talked to this guy in 20 years. I'm like, holy shit. That's an awesome. Such a long time, man. man. That's yeah. like, dude, if I were to say that, it'd be it would make no sense because I'm 21, but like <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm dreading the day that I get to say that, you know? It's yeah. weird, dude. Fucking and I mean, yeah, with the whole fucking, especially with these records and shit, like that also goes to show like how timeless the production on some of these records is too. And that's another reason why I love uh, all of Royal Blood's uh, major releases so far is that the production on them is so crisp. Like, dude, I was so gonna call that out on tight. this man. The production on this record is fucking great. Yeah, and like all the different like, that's the thing about Royal Blood. Like, you know, with our band, we kind of go for like we've got like. Our sound and, like, our dynamics will change, but, like, we won't really be changing tones a whole lot or doing a whole lot of, like, flipping around of, like, different atmospheres and shit like that. Uh, Royal Blood is the kind of group that will just, like, hold themselves in the studio and be playing around with all these fucking different sounds and shit. It's almost like, you know, they don't have any one set tone for any one set dynamic. They're always fucking changing that shit up, you know? Yeah, I think I saw their pedal board before. And, you know, their pedal board and all their amps. And it's it's just an insane setup. I don't know how you remember mm-hmm. what pedals to use on which songs or any of that. Or how you figure, like, ooh, this pedal with this pedal is going to be the right tone. Yeah. I but mean, it's just they, fucking laboratory shit at the end of the day, right? Yeah, you but have, that's... You could, 
That's why I've always been so bare bones with like the tones that I try and go for because I don't want to have to fucking think about this shit when I'm playing it live. You know, I'm just like I just want to be able to turn on a pedal and I'm good to go. <laughs> but I realize that that doesn't uh, that kind of takes away a lot of dynamics out of the music. But I just don't care because I'm lazy and I just want to have one fucking pedal. <laughs> well, uh, on the subject of the Royal Blood pedal board too, I'm pretty sure they have one of those ones where like. Um, you kind of route all of the pedals into their own separate like effects loop more or less and then like you can actually program uh like there's you have like different channel switches and then like you can program each channel to go run through different like sequences of pedals and shit like that for whatever song they're playing right exactly. like um, yeah like on like you hear lights out and you hear like that cool octaverse shit that bang out to and I'm just like ah dude like the, those little like super white stripesy first of all but like those those little moments on the album where like you he changes the 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 sound of the bass to where to it sounds like a completely different instrument at that point I was like man I, I love hearing like people that have that ingenuity mm-hmm. and the fucking patience uh to do it too man to figure that shit out Right. Hell yeah. You can totally tell with those guys they just lock themselves in the studio and just yeah. endless tools and they just fuck around until they get a sick sound because all the different atmospheres on the album this well on, through all three of their albums it's like it's rare to hear the same exact tone in any other song you know from one song like it's generally the same theme same idea but then you know one will be way heavier on the fuzz one will be way heavier on like a phaser one will be way heavier so it's just it's nuts the amount of sounds that those guys get and that's something I think that we're gonna uh, Mug Dog is gonna try and get more into as time goes on mm-hmm. like just very dynamic different shit you know like really I mean and you know Another band to mention along the two-piece realm, even though it isn't bass, is uh, 68. Um, fucking, it's oh, uh, Josh shit. Skogan, I think is the dude's name from previously from The Chariot, I want to say. And like, um, he it's a two-piece and it's guitar and drums or whatever. And like, the different <laughs> dynamic layerings that they have, not necessarily even the differing tones, but just the dynamic layerings of their live show, like, it'll be just guitar, it'll be like guitar and sub-octave, it'll be just sub-octave, and then it'll be like, guitar sub octave and then like an ultra sub that pushes the house and shit like that and like you know that kind of layering and shit like that like you know really I mean Royal Blood and all these different two pieces I definitely need to listen to more Death From Above cause like what I've heard is fucking phenomenal um, yeah I feel like their first couple albums would suit y'all pretty well mm-hmm. <laughs> when we've even gotten the comparison once or twice before about Death From Above and that's kind of how I heard about them in the first place um, and yeah, I mean, are they from across the pond as well? I, I want to say that they're from, like, the UK. Canada, or I think. I think they're from Canada. Canada. Oh, right on. Yeah. Well, then fuck across them. Across the yeah, lakes. Yeah, we don't like them anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking Never Canucks. mind. Yeah, I'm not going to peep their album. <laughs> too damn nice. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, it's crazy how they have all these different sounds, and they could be subtle, but they it's also very coherent across the album Mm -hmm. it never sounds like a mess and it does still sound tight even with all these different sounds like that's a that's a fantastic production dude and those those drums are so punchy those have got to be the punchiest fucking drums i've ever heard on a rock record dude (laughs) Mm. yeah it's dude especially on um where are you now like the just the driving riff of the verse it's like those toms are just like punching you in the heart dude like it's seriously man yeah 
I got a fucking palpitation listening to it. <laughs> you, ever, you ever feel that little quiver in your pressure. ass when you're listening to good drums mm-hmm. on like, oh, 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 the compression. Oh, huh. <laughs> wow. Like, is that the brown well, note? Yeah. Mm. Well, n- no, let's not get into that. Yeah. No, let's talk brown notes for a second here. Yeah, yeah okay. Not That's not. for our OnlyFans podcast. We're all drinking coffee. We got to talk about the brown note. <laughs> it's inevitable. Can't avoid it. Mm-hmm. I did, like, I think the drummer, I mean, y'all, obviously, like, you guys are, are bigger fans and know Royal Blood a lot more than I do, but, like, I feel like the drummer is not amazing, but he does exactly what he needs to do, and he does it really well. Well, at the very least, he doesn't display, like, a whole lot of chops or anything like that, but right. he is just rock solid on the fucking tempo, and sometimes so that speaks more. the whole time. Yeah, that yeah. sometimes speaks more and to like the sometimes capabilities of a drummer. You know, that's all you need. I don't think I've ever heard anything too impressive across their discography. But, you know, at, as at least he's not trying to show off and he's bad and he's like off-tempo and it sounds nasty. Right, know? yeah. I think uh, there was a couple fills that I that I picked out in the record that I was like, ooh, that was a nice little, you know, a nice little <laughs> touch there. Probably mm-hmm. the funniest fill that I've ever heard on any song is... Uh, I think it's the first song where you buku 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 oh yeah buku 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 and that's it yep and it was like what is that he kind of like yeah he um he gets a lot of praise in the drum world for like how um effective his simplicity is you know very right and it's so like you know you as a drummer it's like you know I'll be also, I can sit there and listen all, and be like, oh, you know, I could play this or whatever. And then you start running along to it. And it's like, this dude is perfect. And he hits, like, so hard. Um, but then he can also hit so quiet. Um, and, you know, I feel like he's a guy of, like, every style, you know. but it, he's And he's going to continue to portray all these styles as they make more music. Like, especially on the newest album, like, he's just, it's, like, way, like... It's a lot of very simple, but it's a way different style than the first two albums. And he's honestly one of my favorite drummers because you know I'm I'm like way I'm a I listen to rap more than anything. I don't even like listen to Same. music I play. Mm. Um, and rap he, is my go-to. Yeah, so like I'm literally, I'm looking at my Wu Tang vinyl right now because it just it reminds nice. me you know their drummer Ben uh, I can't remember his last name but. Um, I'm really into like hip hop drumming nowadays and a lot of it's just holding it down and he's like one of the best I've ever seen at it and I've been trying to study his work a lot more lately for that reason. Dude, have you heard of L. Michael's Affair? Nuh-uh. He does uh, instrumental remixes of uh, Wu-Tang songs. So he did like a 36 Chambers uh, remix album where he makes them into like kind of... uh, not, I wouldn't say lo-fi, but it's like he just makes it into like really cool DJ beat music, and he like mixes in a lot of like '60s and '70s soul stuff into it. Man, yeah. you should check it out. If just as a fan of Wu Tang, also like I love what L. Michael's Affair has done with Wu Tang songs, like made them his own. They're fucking cool. Word. Awesome. Did, he, did he do the the like Pink Floyd crossover by chance? Did he do that? Do you know what I'm talking about? The which dark, one? There was like a Dark Side of the Moon and Liquid Swords like. Mashup. Oh, it's wild, dude. You should. I didn't even know that existed. It's wild. It's on YouTube, bro. It's kind of wild. Like, <sighs> it's like, yeah, he just like mashes all this shit together, and it's actually sick. Like, he just jizz verses over like Dark Side. It's fucking wild. 
Holy Might need shit. to uh, stop the podcast. And yeah, we'll, just... we'll talk about that on the second half. Yeah, let's pause now. <laughs> Liquid Swords is like one of my favorite fucking records. Yeah, it's my all-time favorite album, man. It's it's, it's amazing. Perfect. Dude, did you know? Like, I didn't realize how much Wu Tang was influenced by all the old like kung fu from the seventies and sixties. Oh yeah, where like they literally took their names from some of those movies. I had no idea. Oh yeah, Ghostface Killer and uh, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I have Legend of Liquid Sword right here on on yeah. VHS, dude. Yeah, and like I mean, generally their whole theme is surrounding you know Wu Tang versus Shaolin and all those old Wu Tang movies and shit. And yep, uh, I have uh, I have fucking Iron Man, uh, Legend of Liquid Sword, and then fucking old dirty Kung Fu. Oh hell yeah, dude! <sighs> old dirty Kung Fu. Love I didn't it. know that these things existed. My uh, like, I just made a, a really good friends with my neighbor here, and he was like, "Dude, are you into kung fu movies?" I was like, "Yeah," and he just pulls out this stack of the Wu Tang movies. I was like, "What the fuck?" Damn, that's ill. I know my gold uh, mine. My homie that uh, when he came moved down to Austin recently, he has got like a DVD with like it's like it literally just says like a bunch of kung fu movies or something. It's got like twenty on there and. We got just super baked one night and just watched yes. kung fu movies all night and it was like the <laughs> best thing ever. I was telling Brett I got I got really baked. We were watching this like seventies Jackie Chan movie me and my buddy the other night, and I I was I use like uh, vaporizers like I have like a volcano and yeah, shit, yeah. and that's that's how I fucking consume. And uh, and my buddy smokes, and I was just like, man, I'm gonna fucking destroy this guy. I'm gonna get him so fucking high on the on a volcano. I'm gonna like ruin his night, and then I am. <laughs> Dude, he was like a fucking like professional about it, and I was the one that got way too high, and uh, and I was just sitting there like watching, you know, all this like, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna fucking pass out. <laughs> I'm gonna yak. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad, dude. I almost greened out hardcore. Oh, damn. all right, all right. Nerd talk is over. <laughs> nerd okay, talk. The nerd, the nerd talk section. You bunch of geeks. What are you talking about? <laughs> Willie and I are taking so cool. the podcast back. <laughs> All right, going back to going back to the record, like Brett always fucking makes me do. Um, I w- there there was a lot of White Stripes also in the drumming, but this dude's way better than Meg White. I I'd say, say I I mean, I'd say he's a more harder hitting, uh, maybe more proficient version. Meg White's also just the the queen of solid, but you know, I'd say I'd like him more than Meg White for sure personally. I think I think it's that he understands that may he's not really the star of this band you know and that might be a little harsh but the bass is riffing the entire time mm-hmm. the singer is you know has these great catchy Super good catchy. vocals and he understands that like if he does anything more than what he's doing it's going to take away from the songs that they make you know right. and it's it's just going to make it a whole a lot more messy and i really appreciate that i've always loved that about drummers yeah, it's like on Look Like You Know, like during the the bridge with that fucking sick riff during the bridge of Look Like You Know, and then uh, the the drummers just just on the toms, yeah. just like really straightforward and everything. But it's like, dude, it's perfect for the moment. Yeah. Right. That's, I, I give them a lot of credit for that. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of it too is like this. Is something we're trying to work on as well is like, um, you know, it's you're trying to like make it bounce. You know, you want to make people in the crowd bounce. You want to make people in the crowd move. Um, and it's kind of hard to do that, especially as a two piece, if your drummers, you know, all over the place, right? Uh, because, right. you know, you might have that luxury in like a five piece, right? Because if you're going crazy, maybe the rhythm guitarist is, is holding it down, you know, you get mm-hmm. some help from percussion yeah. or, um, 
So he doesn't really, you know, it doesn't fit the music to go crazy. You gotta, he, the goal is to make people bounce, you know, so he'll have his little moments where he goes crazy, but that's it, you know, because he's got he's to make the crowd bounce a little bit. So that's, that's something I'm trying to work on as well, is less active and, and more bounce for sure. Yeah, man, you guys, like, I was checking out uh, Mug Dog earlier this week. Are you, would I be correct in saying that you guys are really influenced by Royal Blood? Oh, for 100%. Definitely. Yeah. That's why we picked this album, because it's probably our, like, most prominently influential album towards our sound. Um, mm. Just through the, the the heavy moments and the, and the overall sound and the groove of it and... Um, yeah, it's I mean, I I generally say y'all are a little more hardcore. Totally. Yeah, uh, you guys are pretty heavy. Time, so yeah, we're definitely more. You know, uh, you know, my first hero was Joey Jordison, and yeah, man. you know, we we <laughs> grew up, peace, dude. We grew up playing oh, metal our whole lives, you know, and it just kind of our whole sound is kind of representative of uh, what it sounded like when we were jamming in our basement every day for 15 years growing up, you know, and it was a lot of metal. And um, so we're kind of like moving away from it slowly, but we stick with it, you know, it's, it's kind of our general. He know. says we're moving away from it. I, I'm moving. I'm so, I don't, I don't listen. Yeah, Willie's vocals aren't going to let you move away too far. Right, look, I mean, inevitably, like, here's the kind of the thing is like, you know, inevitably, like, he's going to, Nico's going to bring that fucking, that pocket groove that like, that I'm going to make your ass shake kind of shit. And I'm more or less going to bring that fucking, all right, well, my amp's going to be squealing in the background for a lot of this shit, and I just love all of that, so we're going to keep that. And, like, you know, it's, like, the nice thing, too, is that, like, inevitably, it's going to sound full and it's going to sound heavy, but also, like, it's, you know, going to be more along the groovy side. Like, you know, we usually... Like, all of our homies and bands have either been in kind of the psych scene around here or, like, the heavier kind of stoner or hardcore scene. Yeah. Um, and generally speaking, we're either the heaviest band among all these psych bands or we're, like, the grooviest band at this fucking <laughs> show. So, like... But that's you know, cool. You guys can fit in each setting, you know? Yeah. I mean, fucking... I definitely want to play more shows, like, over at the Lost Well, for sure, and, like, play with some of those fucking, like... I mean, shit, like, Weed Eater comes through there every so often and shit like that. I want to play with some of those loud bands and just get loud. So, like, hopefully we can Fuck do yeah. that real soon. I'd say a perfect way to explain our dynamic is, like, uh, when we're in practice and we're trying to, like, write a new groove or write a new song or something... Uh, my suggestion will be, like, Whistle While You Twerk by the Yin Yang Twins, and then, like... <laughs> His is like just some sludge, yeah, metal, some nails and some, some fucking nails, like, like. So we kind of are trying to bridge the gap between whistle while you twerk and like wide open wound by nails. You know that's kind of. But hard. that that's an interesting tightrope to walk, man. It'll yeah. be really cool to see like how you like what you come up with in the future. Yeah, I mean it, it'll it probably won't sound like the Yin Yang Twins too much, but you not know. with that attitude. Skeet so much they call me Billy Ocean. <laughs> Just yeah. gotta get Willie to whisper. Yeah, as yeah. long as he whispers, y'all are good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, uh, I love the Yin Yang Twins. <laughs> dude, I fucking love the Yin Yang Twins. <laughs> they're so ridiculous. Ah. Yeah, dude. Their their episode of MTV Cribs is a fucking legendary. Oh, dude. <laughs> All time, dude. I grew yeah. up watching that shit. Mm. 
But yeah, uh, before we get back on this tangent on other <laughs> things that aren't related to the Royal Blood Elf. <laughs> We're back out of it. We're back. <laughs> yeah. What have we done? Fucking, all right, low-key, this is a yin-yang podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to study episodes of MTV Cribs and really get deep on how many flavors of vitamin water Dwayne Wade had. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I posit that we go to the Narnug section of this podcast, unless there, there was anything else y'all wanted to say about the album in general, just real quick. Um, oh, uh, uh, <clears throat> It's sick titties. It's it's pretty thick. It's sick titties. I, 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 sure. I, I dig sick it. Sick titties. Sure. <laughs> it really it's it's yeah. It's pretty thick. Uh, no, y'all are y'all are yeah, gonna move are. on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, well, who who wants to go first in telling their uh, two favorite songs on the record? Uh, rock paper scissors. I'll just do it. <laughs> it is time. It is time. It is time for choice nugs. It is time. It is time. It is time for choice nugs. He's like, I don't play games. Uh, yeah, so my two favorite songs in the album for sure and have been since it came out are She's Creeping and uh, Where Are You Now. Um, oh, let's, let's talk about She's Creeping first because that is also one of my uh, choice nugs on the record. Oh, for sure. Um, it's just the nastiest groove you know I, like i said i'm all into you know making people bounce and just the that like heavy like wah tone that he that like kind of wah like distorted wah tone that he has through the chorus the and i love nasty dude love how it drops into that after this intro of like just very high notes and not much going on and then because just listen. Yeah. Ugh. No, it's, it's so it's so so juicy. Totally, man. What I what I really like about about both of the songs that I picked is how is that how it transitions from just like something completely different to just this like n- unforgettably nasty groove. Um, and that's just that's my kind of shit when I'm listening to music like that. Is just like vibe change and you're just sitting there like stank face for like the whole chorus you know like um Ugh. yeah she's yeah it's, cre- it's super dancey she's creeping oh totally man it's like i that song never gets old for me i've heard it like forty thousand times at this point i'm just every time just banging my head dude it's it's just too good it's so catchy it's such a it the riff sticks in your head right you know it whether you like it or not <laughs> totally um and i'm a you know as a producer i love doing uh like harmonies when i'm making rap music and like r&b music and stuff like and the little harmonies that they do in the final chorus the oh it's yeah. like so oh, it's um every part about that song is just like perfect for me like that's probably one of my all-time favorite songs for sure for sure. And then the other one was uh, Where Are You Now? Where Are You Now? Yeah. That is I believe that's probably like one of the most rocking songs on the record if I if I remember correctly. Totally. It's got that driving that driving tom <laughs> groove. <laughs> yeah. Um and then it just stops, goes almost dead silent and then I love that. And then your fucking jaw just like flies out of your face for that main riff. Like it is just the gnarliest I'll never forget hearing that for the first time and just like 
Not even stank face, like just like angry, like what the what am why can't I why didn't we write this, you know? Like it's, Dude, yeah, that riff is there the riffage on this album is pretty fucking sick and that riff's that do 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 and it's like, so simple, so so effective. Totally, and I'm all for. Uh, it's got swing too, which is so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, Willie and I always are just jamming heavy swing. You know, like that's all day. That's like my favorite shit, and it goes from the straightest like Tom groove to just like. It's just like waving, dude. Like the, yeah, the and then the the bridge in that song too is super sick. Um, just the whole development of that track is is wild, and you know uh, the fact I, that we're all thinking about it and all having these physical movements. Yeah, we're all just yeah, like, we're all like, y'all can't see the camera. When it's all like ripping, yeah. we're, we're all flying around, yeah. And then the toms like yeah. <laughs> I mean that that song must be so fun to play on drums, man. Oh, totally. Just like blasting it when it opens up in the bridge, like you were saying. I love that part, and singers just going off, and totally. just, they and just sound like they're having fun with it, man. Totally, and I also, you know, I love the. I'm a huge uh, Periphery fan, and I always think of Make Total Destroy. They end that song just so wild, and. Um, that song mm. I think came out before the Royal Blood song did, but at that the end of where you now has or yeah has that yeah I love that little I love those crazy endings man like it's everything about that song just is so ill it's just it's too good yeah man my one of my favorite songs on the record was Lights Out oh for sure such a like a simple rhythm to it but like it it oddly reminded me of U2 in a weird way interesting yeah I hear like Bono in like a Bono melody and and how he's singing it's kind of like like kind of I don't know it reminded me a lot of like 80s U2 that's sick I've never thought of it like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love yeah, South Park. <laughs> I love the, the speaking of speaking of yeahs, that's one of that's why Lights Out was one of my favorite songs on the record cuz I love that. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Oh god. Oh, that yeah. chorus is fucking sick, dude. Oh, yeah. I remember, I think that was the single on the album. That was the first one, yeah. Yeah, and I remember, oh, okay. I remember when that came out, it was like, oh, shit. Yeah, this album's it's going down for sure. Like, that was a really good way to set the tone for the rest of the album. It's just a just an amazingly written song. And that little, for like, sure. that was one of the, the drum fills that, that uh, stuck out to me was, like, in the pre-chorus, where he's, like, doing, like, I don't even know. He's, like, doing the... Like the, he's like hitting the hi hat, and then I think like a couple of cowbells or something, or like wood blocks. Oh man, I gotta think of it. Um, yeah. Oh, the wood blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Love the wood I forgot about that. He album. incorporates the wood blocks throughout that album. That's something that I've been wanting to toy with too. It's such a sick texture, man. Like, really is. It's just like it adds so much, and it'll cut through any mix too. It's just like right, right. <laughs> yeah, dude, and that that. <laughs> That riff in the bridge, that yeah, I'm like so ah, sexy, boom. so sexy, <laughs> just riffage, dude, left and right, right. Just the most, and like again, the the effective simplicity, man. That drum part through that whole bridge is just yeah. It's so just doing sick. what he's got to do, right? Yeah. 
It's sick, man. It's sick. Uh, what was your? Uh, Do you have another track that you, that you rocked with? I do, man. I had some honorable mentions because uh, there was a lot of good songs on this. I loved "Where Are You Now." Yeah. Um. I I really like "Hook, Line, and Sinker." Oh fuck that! Right. That's definitely one of mine. Yeah, for sure. that's like just a super banger, man. Dude, that those that like verse uh, melody is just so catchy and so fun to sing along to. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it's like it kind of like it dials into almost the sort of whimsical side of like their songwriting too like particularly the little the up octave lick that's going behind the vocals it's all bendy like while he's just <laughs> doing this like back and forth yeah love that fucking cool man i love that yeah and the another like they're really good at bridges oh hell yeah yeah <laughs> like you don't hear a lot of good bridges these days. Totally. Well, it just their their song development in general, just for almost every song, is just like you can tell they really sit down and think about it and plan it out. It's not just like a jam a song and write it in a day. They're they're sitting on it and trying to come up with something because their songs will just move around crazy, man. Like whole different sections, and then they always find a way to tie it right back into the verse. And I feel yeah, like, man. you know, structurally, it probably has something to do with the fact that they are a two-piece and that, you know, I mean, they, they work a lot of layers in, like, in production and shit like that, but, like, generally speaking, I could imagine maybe during their creative process while they're still working out, like, the overall sections of the songs before they really work in any of the, like, post, like, layers and shit like that. Uh, they're probably kind of going like, all right, well, we got to keep this interesting because if we just keep driving on this or doing this, then, you know, with only bass and drums, you know, or I guess harmonically speaking, like in terms of dynamic, there's only so much you can really get away with in that particular area. Yeah, your brain uh, yeah. might check out, you know, three minutes in. For sure. They don't so like, up on you. Yeah. having the structural changes is a nice way to just kind of like switch the dynamic without having to add like a shitload of layers. But then anything else that you add in after the fact, especially in these bridges, like they'll throw in shakers, they'll throw in like different mm-hmm. kinds of little, little tiny, just like tasteful, like things just to like spice up a section. Um, and having that extra bit of like, freedom to where it's like well this next section is like kind of a pull on the previous one but we're going to change it up like this and add this and like you know there's just enough of a change to kind of like it per- it makes your ears perk up a little bit legit exactly yeah you know yeah and i i feel like um you know me and brett call out a lot too how like the the ordering of tracks like when you can tell when a band has has thought that much into the album that it's not just a collection of songs it's like a whole piece you know right. and i feel like they did that on this record really really well where like the yeah. the tracks go back and forth they like the the ride that it takes you on is really good and i feel like don't tell which is another kind of honorable mention of mine it's yeah. just such a perfect like kind of let's slow it down and like quiet it down a little bit and that that mm. i'm like ah oh, that melody is just so fucking beautiful totally yeah they've all three of their albums they've done an incredible job of making it feel like one consistent piece opposed to just like you said like a collection of songs and just like they're just it's so well thought out everything they do and for how many sounds they can get to and for a two piece and all but all making all those sounds sound like one piece man it's just like they're just setting the tone for two pieces in the world right now man just good songwriting just incredible songwriting yeah um 
and nothing too complicated either. Like it's very friendly to any ear, you know. Um, For sure. And oh, yeah. Musicians, you know, are also you know freaking out about all the intricacies and whatnot. Like it's just no like, no complaints about Royal Blood ever, man. They're too good. I think something about uh, Death from Above in '68 is that they're a little they're a lot less accessible to like mainstream audience. These guys completely accessible your mom will love it right. your dog will love it totally. <laughs> my know? dog does love it and my i think my dog's uh choice nug was look like you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is a fucking he great literally song took dude. a shit on the floor as soon as the song started it was so sick like, oh, oh so when i look over like and he's fucking one. he's a basset hound so he's fucking headbanging yeah. he's flopping around holy what, shit what does your dog like really about rips. that song, i gotta dude. go to the dark spot no, no. <laughs> no, no. We're back. We're back. Yeah, I think uh, I think my dog's favorite part is that fucking badass bridge riff. Mm. Like oh, that do no 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 I'm like oh. Your dog said cream jeans. That's just straight metal. That's just straight up a metal riff. Yeah, legit. And it just comes out of nowhere too, man. I love it. It's just like do, 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 with all the and toms then, and shit. Like with those backing vocals, kind of doing the high, uh-huh. you know, like man, they their vocal layering in sections like that is always just like, oh, dude, it's so sick. I'm such a sucker for harmonies and background vocal layers, uh, just for adding, you know, spatial audio, and they're the best at it, man. Especially in that song in that section, and um, like I said, she's creeping earlier and. Yeah. Uh, well, man. even on Lights Out, you know, in the pre-chorus, the... In my time of the yeah. Day, yeah, for that sure. That kind of stuff. Like, you got to be able to hear that kind of shit in your head before you can put it on record. And you can tell that they're, like, just stewing on this shit, going like, hmm, what would be... A, uh, oh. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, oh. Yeah. Huh? And then we throw <laughs> in a little... Like a muppet, mm, like, oh. Mm, oh. Oh, oh ah. Yeah. So Willie, your one of your choice nugs was hook, line, and sinker. Uh, hook, line, and sinker for sure. I mean that What's song is one? just like it makes a lot of sense. Yep, yeah, it's fucking it's riffy, it's dirty, and then like the verse is like you know I mean a lot of their stuff is very pretty and like you know that's not a detriment to any of their like when it's pretty it's fucking gorgeous and shit. But like this song is kind of like you know if anything it's more reminiscent of like the sound on that first record that first royal blood album um right you know, for sure and it's like you know chorus is like catchy enough and everything and then like i mean really it's like it's it, in terms of like the overall composition it's probably one of their more dialed back tunes like it's one of their more straightforward um like it's the bass and the drums like just kind of kicking ass and that's the grand majority of it um like they're not adding a bunch of synth layers or doing a whole bunch of shit to it, but it's just such a catchy song naturally that it's just fucking like right up in your face and doing all the shit. Um, yeah, they knew the the bass and the vocals could like speak for themselves, mm-hmm. and they really don't need to. Like even the song structure is pretty simple, but it it it's good. You know, it doesn't yeah. need to be complex or anything. Legit. Um, what's your other uh, What's your other choice, Nug Willie? My other choice, Nug is. Um, fucking hole in your heart um that song yeah when that i mean when we first heard that song and i mean that synth comes in that i remember i heard that shit and it was just i just like 
I mean, it wasn't even loud yet. Like, none of the song had really even kicked in while this synth is going, and he starts in on his vocals, and I just couldn't help from just being like, oh, that is just... it. There was something about that fucking synth melody that just had me fucking going. You're um, like, I gotta go to the dark spot. Yeah. <laughs> dark spot time! Dark spot! Dark spot! Oh. Yeah. Fucking, that was a real dark spot moment on the record for me. Uh, <laughs> in a good, in a good way. We cannot use that. We can't use yeah, that as a method for anything. This is not going to stick like how things stick in the dark spot. <laughs> the dark spot. Um, but no, but that's, uh, that's one of those songs for sure that hearing that, that little keyboard line where I remember exactly where we were when we heard it for the first time because it's just like that prominent, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and like right. also just throughout the course of the song, like it's another one of those songs that's like, you know, the chorus hits a little bit harder and everything. Um, and it like, but also like the different layers that they managed to incorporate, and then they hit that bridge or whatever that. Yeah, it seems like they're doing a lot of upstroke kind of action over the course of that song, you know, on the chorus too, like like those little kind of pickups and shit, like yeah, you know that fucking it shifts my pelvis every time I do that. And the drummer shows a little bit of chops with the like really fast like snare that like just that little fill is just so perfect like so perfectly played and it's not like intricate or you know impossible to play but you just hear it and you're like this guy has like a metronome for a fucking heart oh totally and it's just always tasteful with that guy like it's just never gonna be like well that was out of place it's always just like holy shit that was perfect like. Absolutely yep. perfect for the song. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like you stick this dude in a fucking drum clinic somewhere and ask him to like do some fucking like fucking ape shit bullshit, and he'll probably ape fucking he'll probably pull some shit out that's like, oh my <laughs> sure. god, I couldn't even fucking like, why don't you do that? And then it's just kind of like, well, because we play for the song, we write songs. It's yeah. not just like, look at me on drums and look at me on bass. Like fucking, they're out here composing and. uh that drummer like it, and even throughout that particular song too it's like you know he really opens up a lot in the in the chorus like with that uh with that snare roll leading in and he's just kind of like rocking that shit and then once they come back to the little like the verse groove or whatever he's just like basically goes straight from big rock drummer to just like fucking tight groove fucking pssst, pssst, like yeah. super right. tight in the just pocket, holding it down you know and that dynamic change, I mean, you can tell that both of them can really, they don't just incorporate dynamics because the producer told them to. Like, they fucking, like, they know their shit about the breadth of a song and what can, like, really draw somebody into a part and then pull somebody back into something. And, like, that particular song is a really, really great example of all the different dynamics that they're able to change around with. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's a good one. Brett, what was your what was your second choice, Nug? Uh, yeah, my first one was She's Creepin', yeah. along with uh, Nico, and my second one is actually Don't Tell. Uh, mm, such real a good quick, song, man. Yeah, it's, it's got a lot of space in it. It's got that kind of kind of like flanger or tremolo or whatever on the bass. Yeah. I love the vocals. It's one of the most chill songs, uh, but I don't know, man. I think it's really cool, cool harmonies, mm. uh, and I just love that space, man, that air. It's sure. a, it's as you said before. It's a 
great breather for the album. Right. Uh, coming right before Hook, Line, and Sinker. Right? Yeah. Dude, that's what I mean. That fucking track order, man. They, they did that shit on purpose. Totally. Oh, yeah. It, helped, yeah. it, makes, it makes Hook, Line, and Sinker hit that much harder, man. It's just brilliant right. album dynamic. And, uh, and it makes Don't Tell stand out so much more, too. For real. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's, right. it's perfectly yeah. placed. And, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's... Those are those are all our nar nugs and in next pretty much the whole section. album. Yeah, no, I, I kind of like the fact that it was like you know, I mean, don't tell was kind of the sleeper uh, on the record for me. Like you know, kind of like it's been a while since I've heard the album. Then leading up to this podcast, I was like, all right, time to listen to the album again. And I had almost forgotten about that song. Like I was thinking right. about all the other songs on the record that I remembered. Um, but then like the few songs on there that are kind of like oh shit, like you know. I haven't really heard these tunes individually since the last time I listened to like the full record. Don't Tell was one of them and it's just like, man, even the songs on the album that like you go back that I go back and listen to and I mean on so many records there's so many songs that are just like, oh, we need another song and you can kind of feel it, you know. Um mm-hmm. but there's like no space for that. Like literally they could just randomly have picked any one of those songs to be singles on the fucking for the fucking totally. release and yeah, like, and the and, fact that their their first single was "Lights Out," like Nico said, it really like set the tone for what the rest of the record was gonna be like. Um, but any one of those songs could have very well, in its own way, done you know a similar sort of thing. Yeah, I they, mean, just they, oh, go ahead, Brett. Uh, just the fact that we all chose like, it, it, like six different songs. Yeah. Uh, you know, as our favorite songs on the album shows you how like solid this record is, and I don't, I honestly don't think there's a single filler song. On no, this yeah, no, these guys, these guys definitely went to the Sum Forty One school of all killer, no filler, <laughs> <laughs> like, for sure. Yeah, there isn't one skippable song on this record. Like it's, it's a solid fucking rock album. Definitely, yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, uh, I think it's, is it time, Brett? It's time for the segment that uh, we always love to forget to tell our guests about, <laughs> which is uh, rating the album on a scale of zero to ten. We're back on the scales, uh, dude. So we're back on the scales. <laughs> <laughs> what is your rating? Uh, if y'all want us to go first, so you can like think of what you're where you're gonna place this, uh, we can go ahead and do that. Uh, all right, I'll start. Uh, Big surprise. I, <laughs> I love this record. I've heard it multiple times before. Royal Blood is one of my favorite two pieces. Also, one of the six two pieces that I know of. <laughs> it's got super catchy songs, super great riffs. Uh, I would say the lyrics to me are cool at times, but usually kind of the least important thing in the song to me, like the actual meanings of the lyrics and all that. Agreed. It's kind of all about just like love girlfriend, you know, totally. mm-hmm. but it all sounds cool. I think right. a lot of the lyrics are just cool sounding. Yeah. Uh, and I think my, my favorite world blood record is the first one just cause I love that. They're a little more rock and they got a little more riffage. That's a little dirtier. Mm-hmm. It's like caveman in you, man. I, it's the caveman in yeah. me. It's, it's, it's <laughs> a caveman and uh, typhoons. They definitely step more into being kind of a more pop synth band. They definitely kind of left the moniker of rock, which isn't a bad thing. It's kind of where they were progressing to. Mm. Uh, and with with all that being said, I'm going to rate this one a... It, it was going to be a little lower, 
but throughout this podcast, like y'all being so enthusiastic, I'm gonna put it at an eight out of ten. Solid. Pretty Solid. Nice, dude. Nice. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I really enjoy this one. I had never heard uh, Royal Blood before. Uh, I listened to this record, so um, this is really? a great. Yeah, I never had. I, I know yeah. that you liked them a lot, Brett. Like you've mentioned them to me multiple times, and I just like haven't checked them out. Um, yeah, yeah you're never I was really listening when I talk. <laughs> I, I kind of black out uh, every time. <laughs> right. But yeah, man, I this was a great. Yeah, this is a great introduction to Royal Blood. I think um, really good riffs. Uh, like I said, they have just enough like bl- like grit and balls to the whole record that the bluesy, dancey stuff like I thought worked really, really well. Um, I'm not as big of a fan of Death uh, Death from Above. Uh, we we covered them before in a previous podcast, so I was a little worried when I when the first song started because I was like, <laughs> "Damn, this is very similar." And then as the album played out, I was like, "No, these guys are are definitely a lot more uh, my style." And great vocals, great songwriting, great production. Um, yeah, man, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I think I don't know if I'm gonna go back and listen to the album as a whole, um, but there's definitely a solid five or six songs that are gonna like end up on a playlist someday. So I'm giving it uh, like a seven point six. Right on. Okay. Yeah. All right. Right on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Nico, do you want to go first on the rating? Yeah. Um, this album for me is like, uh, you know, my ultimate ten out of ten would be Jizz of Liquid Swords. Um, so comparative to that, you know, I don't think anything could ever touch that. So my rating for this album is like a nine, nine point five. It's definitely one, definitely one of my favorite, probably top 20, 30 albums of my entire lifetime. Wow. It's it's stuck with me since the moment it came out. It really, really, really influenced what me and Willie are doing now with Mug Dog. Uh, just a very, very, very prominent piece of art in my life uh, that it, it has unique qualities to it for me personally. So, you know, nothing is as good as Liquid Swords, but 9.5 is pretty <laughs> damn close. That's a high bar to set, man, yeah. Liquid Swords. I've, I've had so many Wu-Tang albums in my, like, I have to listen to playlist. That's, that one's next on the list. That's my next album I'm going to listen oh, to. Oh, for sure. Best album ever. Yeah. No question. It's amazing. <laughs> dude, 9.5, that's solid, dude. Well, so it was like a nine nine point five. Yeah. So it's more like a nine out of ten, which is kind of crazy. You know? Dude, as many decimal point, decimal points as you need, we, we allow it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't limit that kind of stuff. Here. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. Willie, you know, uh, this record is one that, like, having the first Royal Blood album set such a strong like a really strong point about like who this band is and you know we're showing up on the scene and like you know the fact that they you know didn't just kind of make your usual sequel album you know it like it wasn't like oh people liked the first one we got to do more of that like they fucking very like very methodically kind of incorporated some of the elements that you know separate it from that first album but then also you know as you were saying with typhoons it's like it you know you can feel that progression from the first album to typhoons through this second album um, it's such it's such a slow and smooth transition throughout the discography totally. really it is and you know i'd say that given like how much they had to live up to with the hype around that first album and what they delivered with that second release uh, all of the layering, the production, um, like 
I'm gonna give this one like an eight point seven, like a solid so, B okay. plus. You know, all right. Like, cause I guess if I were to put a ten on any one record, oh shit, I'm putting myself in a spot right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just did it to yourself. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we like, did. We did 10, not ask. Like a ten for me <laughs> would probably just because I'm a fucking fanboy be Master of Reality by Black Sabbath. Like, just be- I mean, just because sure, I'm a fanboy. Sure. Like, yeah. Fucking, I probably can't even explain my way around that one, but like, fucking, you know, uh, like, there's just so many elements of this record that make it its own fucking piece, and like, you know, I can't necessarily say what would be any better about it. Um, I think that, you know, the progression that they display without either completely shifting or without just being more repetitive from the first album is really the most impressive part of the whole record uh, for me. And in terms of the individual songs too, like, you know, it's a, it's a record where like when I listen to it front to back, I enjoy it very much. But then like when I really just want to hear some choice bangers, I can go back to that album and and there's five or six of them. Like Lucas was saying. So like, Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say 8.7 is probably where I'm at on that one. All right. It, it seems like we're kind of all in the in the eights, mm-hmm. the yeah. eight to nine, to nine kind of deal. We all very much like this record. Yeah, it sounds is, like it. It's, it's a, a very record. good record. Check it out if you haven't already. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, you can find earbuds on EVPcast Instagram. John Luke Guitard, Brett Hanrahan on Instagram. We have a YouTube, Podbean, whatever. Uh, Willie, Nico, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything you want to plug as Mug Dog or uh, the other band that you uh, mentioned and I forgot the name of? Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a hard name. You're not the first. It's a, <laughs> Andrew Strayer band. Uh, but Mug Dog is... <laughs> Mug Dog is playing uh, this weekend at Red River on 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 Red River uh, the tenth and the eleventh. The eleventh and the twelfth. Eleventh and the twelfth. My bad. Luke, Lucas, do you know when this episode is coming out? This episode's coming out on the fourteenth. Damn! <laughs> any shows after lie. that? Do you have any shows well, after the fourteenth? We'll use this moment to shame everybody who didn't come to our yeah, yeah. show. Right. Oh, you we already there? know who did and didn't come to that show. Yep. You weren't there. Well, guess what? You're blacklisted. It's not going to. You're black spot. We're going to name names. I would just say uh, we've got some shows in March as well. Follow us on Instagram at mugdog underscore ATX, and we'll keep you very updated with shows, and we'd love to see some new faces in the crowd. Yeah, man, check out Mug Dog on Spotify. They got some music on there too, man. Bandcamp, SoundCloud. Do y'all yeah. have any like new projects that are in the works? Uh, we're, we have enough uh, music right now for an EP, and uh, the discussion has been whether or not we write several more songs and put out a full length, or if we just put out another EP, and we're most likely going to opt to record sooner than later. So uh, okay. maybe okay. a new EP in the works here like momentarily. That's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm excited, man. Be sure to, you know, message us whenever that comes out. For sure, we'll man. Do. We will. Yeah, man. We'll put it out. Right Dude, thanks, on, thanks again for joining, guys. This was super fucking fun. That was a lot of fun, guys. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Anytime you guys want to be on, dude, like, hey, let us know. 
We'll start brainstorming more records, and we'll start. We'll uh, we'll come up with some more hilarious discussions to fucking because all of this we was can, scripted. Oh, uh, we have our shit. teleprompter <laughs> right there. Yeah, I'm gonna prep the dark spot for y'all's next episode. Yeah, yeah. Right, we'll uh, we'll discuss one, Masters of Reality right versus there. Liquid Swords. Oh, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm always down to talk swords, so let's do it. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks, buddies. Thank you for listening. Check out Mug Dog. Check out uh, other episodes of our podcast, and let us know what you guys thought about uh, how did we get so dark by Royal Blood. We want to hear what you guys what think it, too. What did you think about Nico and Willie personally? Yeah. Did, oh, did no. it, like oh, review God. them. Do you like them? Do you hate them? <laughs> Look, I'm we need to re- rate the guest uh, segment. Right. <laughs> you guys were great. You guys were awesome, man. Right. Thanks on. so Appreciate much, guys. y'all, man. All right. Well, we can stop recording in three, two, one. See you, buddies. Peace. <laughs>